You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. to reach a conclusion in spiritual matters or in scriptural matters. Never be in a hurry to reach a conclusion in scriptural matters. Never be in a hurry. Yeah. You know how sometimes we can take Bible promises and make them our promises. Okay, if you are willing and obedient, continue. You shall eat what? The fruit of the land. Okay. How many of you have been obedient to the latter and then you're expecting to eat the fruit of the land? Okay, if you obey all my commandments, I will do, you know. So you see these things and straight away you must know that they are not promises you can latch on because the conditions attached to it are not conditions you can fulfill. Praise God. Did you hear that? Yes. They are not conditions that you can what? Fulfill. You cannot obey all his so if you have to obey them for him to give you stuff, then definitely you're not going to get anything. <laughs> Nothing is coming for you, Kim. All right. So you must be careful. Like yesterday, when we talked about the food, how Jesus was eating in his spiritual body. All right. Then straight away, charismatics are very good at that. They start linking. So when we go to heaven, we will eat. So you see, whilst I'm teaching, they are linking. <laughs> They have already come to a conclusion. God, he didn't say that, okay? It, and it doesn't mean that. Because Jesus had a spiritual body, but he was on what? Earth. So, so it's, it's very, very, that's why you must always be patient. You must always be what? Patient. And it is why the church has been in error, okay? Has been in error. Do you know that? They said something, and um, I used to think it was a lot of wisdom. But come to realize, I realized that it's not wisdom. You know, they said when you, you are coming to church, they take your brain out of your, your head at the door before you get in. You've heard that thing? Yeah, you've heard it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the pastor, they will tell you to leave your brain at the door. You know, so what it means is that you don't think. But the point is that in order also for you to receive so much, you must empty so much. True or false? Yes. Like Jesus said, you can't mix the old wine with what? Growth comes by unlearning, relearning, learning. Hello? That's how you grow? That's how you grow? Okay. So, anytime you come to church, there may be some things that you know. That's why... Paul told Timothy that make sure that they don't teach fables, myths, legends, endless genealogies. No. No. Because that is what engulfs our minds. You know that. Things you have been taught in Sunday school. 
think that your mother best side stories. Oh, hello? Yeah, they've told you by the bed. And it's, you know how it sings. And it stays with you for life. You know what? Yeah, it stays with you. You know, so you can only take so much because you empty it so much. Empty it so much. Otherwise, you'll be fighting. There'll be too much struggle in your mind. Too much struggle in your mind. Praise God. Too much struggle. So, Philemon 6, and I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is ours in our identification with Christ Jesus. So, every good thing that is ours in identification with what? Christ Jesus. So, in our identification with him, there's so much for us. But we must come to full recognition, understanding, accurate, precise knowledge so we can appreciate and have them. Praise God. Oh, praise God. All right. Now, Bible interpretation is normally seen in three ways. Number one, is it in the scriptures? Which, I mean, nobody has a problem with that one. Nobody. You know, you've heard of a South African pastor who told his members to drink. What did he ask? What did he ask them to drink? Yes, uh, eh? yes. They, to, one to eat grass, another also to drink. Um, oh, this thing that is like Detto, but it's, it's power zone. Yes, like yes, one of those. What bleach? Yes, and they drank it. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, I'm sure you would direct them to Nebuchadnezzar. He, he ate grass, so you find it in scripture. So, so. That first law is what takes. That's where you see people say, this is unique to me. This is my special revelation. Uniqueness has no place in the interpretation of scripture. It has no place. It's found in the secular world, in the marketplace. Number two, how is it explained in scriptures? So, is it scriptural? How is it explained in what? The scriptures. Our problem is that, write this down. We normally want to re-explain what has been explained. That's, that's, that's one major problem. Everything in scripture has been explained. Don't try to re-explain what has been already explained. Try to turn it. Try to put in your own. This is my style. Because that is what makes men like you. Maybe that's what is going to give you fame. Maybe that's what is going to make you popular. Or maybe that's what is going to bring you some money. Or that's what, that's what is going to make people accept you. Or that's what is going to make the people come. So, you can realize that sometimes it's like a highlight. And then as if it's coming to a low light. Because you say, okay, Jesus had a glorified body. So, then they will put it there. You have a glorified body. Because that one is sweeter. Oh, don't you think so? Yeah. So they tell you, your body can never be sick. So you see, the moment you feel sick, what is going to happen to you? You feel condemned. That's where it, they will now come in. You did something wrong. So they, now they have to create something to support that. Are you getting the point? So you see, the moment you tweak scripture, you'd have to tweak and continue tweaking. So it's either God is a liar, his word is not true, or you are the liar. But let God be true. And all that is of men, 
Praise God. The last is, is it practical? <laughs> yes. If it is scriptural and you explain it the way God intended it to be and God has explained it in scripture, it will be practical. Praise God. Did the body of the born again man get healed because he saved? Hello? No. So the born again man or the man who has been redeemed by Christ doesn't have a new body, physical body. Praise God. He is forgiving. He is made righteous. But his physical body was not healed. Praise God. So we mostly use 1 Peter 2.24 to say, I was healed 2,000 years ago. So I am healed. Now, we know that. Now we know, don't we? That the text speaks to our what? Our relationship with the Lord. Look at the 25. It says it. First Peter 2, 25. What does it say? So, for you were going astray so many sheep, but now you have what? Come back to what? The bishop of your, praise God. Where is sickness? Is this in a zoo? You have come back to the bishop of your, so he's talking about relationship. How we have been reconciled with God. Amen. Is that very clear? If you look at Isaiah 53, 5, too. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our guilt. The iniquities and the chastisement. Needful to obtain peace. The needful to obtain peace. The needful to obtain peace. Because he's talking about reconciliation. Peace and well-being. Okay? Yes. Our relationship with God. For us. You see, Huber. For us was upon him. Praise God. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So we have explained that this is talking about what? Salvation. The chastisements of our peace. The word chastisement. Chastisement actually means punishment. Yeah? And the word used in the Greek is using a scourge to bruise someone. So, he just said it and then spoke the description of it. So that's how you see Isaiah. You see, so he spoke the chastisement of our peace and described the chastisement. Are you getting the point? Yes. So that you understand that it is punishment for sin. Judgment for something. Praise God. Is that very clear? Good. You know, um, as a matter of fact, the... The word stripes is, is meant to be striped. It's not even meant to be stripes because it's the judgment of sin. It's, it's one, the judgment of sin. That's why Galatians 3.13, Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse. Are you getting the point? Of the law and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. Praise God. For it is written, cursed is the one who hangs on a tree. Okay? So that chastisement, chastisement has nothing to do with whips on his body. It has nothing at all. Nothing at all to do with whips. 39 or 40 or whatever. Okay? And there are several diseases now even more than the 39 or 40. Mm. Yeah. And don't forget that all the other criminals were also given the same. 
So it was not peculiar to Christ. Okay? So the actual punishment was our sin put on him. Okay? As a matter of fact, Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 tells us of how he was also beaten. Oh, hello? You know that. Yeah, he was also beaten. But he clarifies it for us in 2 Corinthians 5.21. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin. Who knew no sin? Now, this scripture is so powerful. It speaks clearly to the exchange. He didn't become sickness. He became sin. <laughs> so, Apostle Paul tells us directly what he dealt with. He became. So, you will not become. Oh, praise God. Praise God. So, you see the helper. He starts with the helper. Clear? For our, for us, for our sake, he made Christ virtually to be seen who knew no sin. So that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in the examples of health. Is that what he said? Eh? The examples of what? Because he's dealing with what? Sin. Righteousness of God. What we ought to be. Approved and acceptable in right relationship with him by his goodness. Praise God. Romans 5, 8. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one died for us. Praise God. Let's look at the word peace, which is the word shalom. Shalom is the Hebrew word for peace. And I'm sure you all know that. It means well-being. As a matter of fact, even till today, the Jews, wherever they go, they greet themselves. Shalom. It simply means whole, complete. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Okay? So if you look at the Isaiah scripture, Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Whose mind? The perfect peace is tautology. Perfect, perfect. Whole, whole. Peace, peace. Are you getting it? Yeah. Okay? So the writers just wanted to describe that it's talking about complete. That's why they said perfect peace. There's nothing like perfect shalom. Oh, no. Are you getting it? Uh-huh. Because it's already complete. It's already full. <laughs> yes. Okay? Now, the word shalom in the Septuagint is the word soteria, salvation. So wherever you see salvation, you are seeing the shalom, okay? And its operative word, which is the verb, is sozo, save. So salvation, save. Sozo, write them down, they will help you. Now, so what's the real meaning of shalom? Why is it peace, whole? It's, it's, what's the real meaning? It's safety, safe, okay? It speaks to like, Absolute security. Safe. Safe. Okay. Now, why are we looking at Because many times, you find a thought pattern where we use certain words we hear for different things. You see, by the time we finish, we lose the essence of the word. And we actually apply that word in every other thing. For example, we see the word Zoe. Okay. And wherever we see Zoe, we think that it means the life of God. But Zoe can be used elsewhere without the life of God. Are you here with me? Okay. So, you must really understand 
what the word means and use it for what it is. Praise God. Is that very clear? So you see many people saying that, okay, salvation coming from shalom. If you say shalom, it means well-being. So they say it's wellness. They say it's preservation. They say it's protection. They say it's prosperity. So, so oh, you've heard it. That the moment you have salvation, you prosper. You be well. You are protected. Are you getting the point? So, what the explanation is that the moment you have salvation, you have all of what? So, somebody will say, come to Christ and you have a good life. Why? Because salvation, soteria, which came from shalom, means everything in whole. Are you getting the point? Is available. Money, available. Health. Are you getting the point? So, we're going to do some screening. If we say soteria means all the things we call it, prosperity, wellness, preservation, etc., then it means all who must be saved need these. They need wealth, healing, prosperity, preservation. Okay? The point is this. Bill Gates needs salvation, but he doesn't need wealth. Oh, hello? Yes. And then also, there are people who have received Christ, but they don't have money. Oh, are you here with me? We know people who are, for, are of other faith, who are very old and healthy and died painless death. Painless death. So all who must be saved, do they need wealth? Hello? Do they need wealth? All who must be saved, do they need power? Ah, are you here? Do they need power? All who must be saved. Do they need healing? That's why the scripture said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. Praise God. He didn't say for all are poor. Is that what he said? For all are sick. So listen, you can't use salvation as a multi-dimensional word. You can't use salvation as a multi-dimensional word. And we're going to run. We're going to do a good screening. And I want you to pay attention. It's going to be very fast. Wherever the word salvation was used, we are going to see the terms of reference. Is that very clear? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do that screening. We're going to see wherever the word salvation was used. And then we're going to see the terms of reference. Whether it was once used for any material thing. If it is used for that, then it is part of the reason for salvation. Are you getting the point? Is that, is that clear? So that we know that it is why... Christ was given. Is that very clear? Let's go. Acts. So we are starting from Acts. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Let's read it. And there is salvation in and through no one else. For there is no other name under heaven giving among men. Mm -hmm. By in which so is it about material thing? Okay. So write it down. Next. 13, 26 uh -huh, and 47. Brethren, sons of the family of Abraham and all those others among you who reverence and fear God. To us has been sent the message of this salvation obtained through who? Jesus Christ. Hello? Okay. For so the Lord has what? Charged us saying, mm -hmm, I've set you to be a light for the Gentiles mm -hmm, that you may bring eternal what? Eternal what? Eternal what? Okay. To the utmost part of the earth. Is that very clear? 
Next, Acts 16, 17, go. She kept following Paul and the rest of us, shouting loudly, these are the servants of the Most High God. They announced to you the, the, the way of salvation. Are you getting the point? Next, Acts 28, go, 28. So let it be understood by you then that this message of salvation of God has been sent to what? The Gentiles and they will. So is the message of what? Salvation. Sent to what? The Gentiles. Is that very clear? Okay. Let's go. Romans 1.16. Now we are in the epistles. Go. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto working unto salvation. Okay. What's it? Deliverance from, so is that salvation? Okay, good. Thank you very much. To everyone who believes with a personal trust, a confident surrender, firm reliance to the Jews first and also to the, okay. Is, the, is it getting clearer? Next. Romans 10. Uh -huh. For with the heart, a person believes, adheres to trust in, relies in, on Christ. So is justified. Declared what? Declared, declared healed, okay, acceptable, declared wealthy. With a mouth he confesses, declares openly, speaks out freely his faith and confirms his salvation. Next, 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 next. 11, 11. So I ask, have they humbled so as to fall to their utter spiritual ruin irreversibly? Okay, by no means. But through their false step and transgression, Salvation has come. So how did salvation come? Through transgression. Sin. Is that not it? Okay, clear. Are you getting it? Okay, next. Besides this, you know that what a critical hour this is. How it is high time now for you to wake up out of your sleep. Rouse, rouse to reality for salvation. Final what? Is <laughs> nearer to us now than when we first what? Believed, what is it? Adhered to, trusted in, and relied on Christ the Messiah. Hello. Next. Second Corinthians 1, mm -hmm. 6. But if we are troubled, afflicted, and distressed, it is for your comfort, consolation, and encouragement, and for your salvation. Watch this. And if we are comforted, consoled, and encouraged, it is for your comfort, consolations, encouragement, which works in you, when you patiently endure the same evils, misfortunes, and calamities that we also suffer and undergo. Anytime you see that salvation is used, that it is not for sin, it is for the gospel and its persecution. That is the only, and as you're going, that's the only, it's for the persecution we go through because of the gospel of salvation. Oh, praise God. It doesn't have Anything material with it. Anything material. Next. For he says, in the time of favor, of an assured welcome, I've listened to and heeded to your call and I've helped you on the day of deliverance, the day of salvation. Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome. What? An acceptance of you from, from what? Reconciliation. Is that right? Now is the day of salvation. So reconciliation with God is the reason for salvation. Next. 
For godly grief and the pain, God is permitted to direct, produce a repentance that leads and contributes to salvation. And deliverance from evil. Hello? And it never brings regret, but worldly grief and hopeless sorrow that is characteristic of the pagan world is deadly, breeding the and ending in death. So salvation delivers you from what? Are you getting it? All right. Next, 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 next. Ephesians 1.13. In him you also have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, the gospel of your salvation, and have what? Believed. And in adhered to relied on him were stamped with the seal of prosperity of the long promised word, Holy Spirit. Oh, praise God. Next, 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 next. Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, wheels, which is the... We know the helmet of salvation, right? Good. And I've taught you on that. Okay. What is the helmet of salvation? The assurance of what? Salvation. Praise God. All right? Without any condemnation. All right? Without any doubt. Is that clear? Yeah. The, 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 what you, the wells of the devil cannot enter. Solid conviction. Are you getting the point? Yes. All right. Next, Philippians 1, 19. Go. For I am well assured and indeed know that through your prayers and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, this will turn out for my preservation for the spiritual health. Watch this. Do you see how he actually, even when he talks about, he said what? Spiritual what? Health. <laughs> and welfare of my own soul and avail towards the saving work of the gospel. So for persecution, for persecution, for persecution. That I will endure. Are you getting the point? I will not lose my, my, my ground with regards to the work of the gospel. No matter what I go through. He's talking about when he was in prison. And was asking them to intercede on his behalf. Are you getting the point? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go to the next. Go. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, proof, and seal to them of your impending destruction. That is sure talking and evidence of your deliverance and salvation and that from God. Oh, praise God. All right, next. Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestion, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, the full and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-destruct, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Is that clear? Is that very clear? So it's about sin. Is that clear? Okay, and about eternal life. Is that clear? All right, let's go. The journey of the faith. First Thessalonians 5, 8 to 9. But we belong to the day. Therefore, let us be sober. Put on the breastplate. Corset, a corslet of faith and of love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to incur his wrath out of sin. Is that clear? Reconciliation with God. Is that clear? Next, 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 next. But we, brethren, beloved by the Lord, ought and are obligated 
as those who are in debt, to give thanks always to God for you because God chose you from the beginning as his first fruits, first converts for salvation. Through what? The sanctifying. What are, are you sanctified? When you are sick, are you sanctified? No. What is it for? Sin. Hello? Good. You are purified. You are cleansed because of what? Sin. All right. Okay. Of the Holy Spirit, your belief, adherence, trusting, reliance on the truth. Next, 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 next. Therefore, I'm ready to persevere. Stand my ground with patience to endure anything for the sake of the elect. God's choices so that they may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus, with the reward of eternal glory. With the reward of eternal glory. Praise God. Next, 2 Timothy 3.15. And how from childhood, you know the scripture already. Yes, acquainted, which comes through faith in Christ Jesus, eh? through the lineage on the entire human personality. This one, this, this is one, anytime in other, uh, it is the whole counsel of God. That's, it, it, it uses it interchangeably. The uh, Amplified Classic says, um, leaning on the entire human personality on God. In other places, you see that it's like declaring the whole counsel of God. Um, it's simple. It's the death, burial, and resurrection. That is the counsel of God. What God foreordained from the foundations, that is God's counsel. That's God's intention. Is that very clear? Is that very clear? Okay, good. All right. For the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing has come forward, appeared for the deliverance from what? Sin and eternal Salvation for all mankind. Claire. Next, Hebrews. And not the angels, watch this, all ministering spirits sent out in service of God for the assistance of those who are to what? Inherit what? Salvation. Praise God. Okay, next. Hebrews 2, 3. How shall we escape appropriate retribution? If we neglect and refuse to pay attention to such a great salvation as is now offered to us, letting it drift past forever. For it was declared at first by the Lord himself, and it was confirmed to us and proved to be real and genuine by those who personally heard him speak. Praise God. Salvation from what? Sin. Is that very clear? Next. And his completed experience, making him perfectly equipped, he became the author, source of eternal salvation, source of eternal. Next, Hebrews 6, 9. Even though we speak this way, yet in your case, beloved, we are now firmly convinced of better things that are near to salvation and accompany it. Praise God. So better things is talking about permanent things. You understand? When Hebrew talks about better, he's comparing two things, the old and what? the new. That's why he's saying better. Okay, so he's better doesn't mean that you get more money. He's talking about the law, the old, which is the law, and the new covenant. Are you getting the point? And the, the old, which is the old, the law, was temporary. This one is what? Permanent. Eternal. Is that very clear? Okay, good. Next. Even so, it is that Christ, having offered to take upon himself and bear us a burden, the sins of many, once and once for all, 
will appear a second time not to carry any burden of sin. Can you get this? So it, it's already shown us it's about sin. Clear? Next, 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 next. Who being guarded, garrisoned by God's power through your faith till you fully inherit the final salvation that is ready to be revealed for you in the last time. You know what this is talking about? The redemption of the body. Praise God. Are you getting the point? Yes. Next, next, next. At the same time, you receive result, outcome, consummation. Are you getting the point? Consummation of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The prophets who prophesied of the grace, divine blessing, which was intended for you, searched and inquired. Hallelujah. Next, 2 Peter 3.15, consider that the long-suffering of our Lord, his slowness in avenging wrongs and judging the world is salvation. Simple. Judgment, salvation, we are free. Hallelujah. Next, 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 next. Beloved, my whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. Our common salvation. Is that very clear? Yes. But I found it necessary. It was impelled to write to you urgently to appeal, to exhort. Contend for the faith, which was once for all, handed down, once for all, handed down. The faith, which is the sum of Christian belief, which was delivered verbally, to the, uh, to the holy people of God. Praise God. Our salvation, there's no compromise to it. Praise God. It is salvation that is eternal. It's salvation from sin. Nothing more, nothing less. Is that very clear? All right. Now, so we see clearly that we are saved from the condemnation of sin. And the Savior saved us from sin based on his death, burial, and Okay. We also saw that once in a while it is used for those who are kept from opposers and persecutors of the gospel. Is that very clear? Okay. Now, let's look at the word saved. Saved. Salvation. Saved. How is it used? Acts 2, 21 and 47. And it shall be that whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, invoking, adoring, and worshiping the Lord Christ shall be what? Saved. Constantly praising God and being in favor and goodwill with all people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers. The, <laughs> those who were what? Saved from what? Spiritual death. Did you get that? Okay, 412. And there's salvation in and through no one else. For there is just one name under, we, under heaven given among men by and in whom we must be saved. Acts eleven fourteen. He will give and explain to you a message by means of which you and all your household as well will be saved from, from what? From sicknesses and diseases. Okay. Acts 15, 1. But some men came down from Judea and were instructing the brethren, unless you were uncircumcised in accordance with the Messianic custom, you cannot be saved. Acts 16.30, and he brought them out of the, of the dungeon and said, Men, what is it necessary for me to do that I may be saved? So, you see, wherever you see the word saved used, it is used in lieu of what? Eternal what? Salvation. It has nothing to do, whether it's the word salvation or the word saved, it has nothing at all to do with material things. Write the verses down. Romans 5, 
Acts 16, 30. Acts 27, 20. Romans 5, 8 to 10. Romans 8, 24 to 25. Romans 9, 27. Romans 10, 1. 10 verse 1, verse 9, and verse 13. This is when Paul was talking about how he longs that the Israelites, the Jews, would be saved. Romans eleven twenty six, First 1 Corinthians 1, 18. 1 Corinthians 3, 15. 1 Corinthians 5, 5. 1 Corinthians 10, 33. 1 Corinthians 15, 2. 2 Corinthians 2, 15. Ephesians 2, 5 and 8. 1 Thessalonians 2, 16. 1 Timothy 2, 4. Acts 17, 11. 1 Timothy 2, 15. 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. Titus 3, 5. 1 Peter 3, 20. 1 Peter 4, 18. Talked about judgment by those in authority. 2 Peter 2.5 and Jude 5. Now, there are words used for salvation. That makes you know that it has no other content than what it means. Praise God. Words like reconciliation. So anytime the word salvation is used, the word reconciliation is what? Okay? So, and the word reconciliation is the word apokatalazo. Write it down. Apocatalazo. It was God who first approached. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18. Therefore, if any person engrafted in Christ, the Messiah is a new creation. Praise God. Old past. Behold, the fresh, the new has come. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, into favor, brought us into harmony with himself and gave us more money. <laughs> Watch this. Thank you, Lord. For many believers, you know that demons cannot possess your spirit. You ca they can't possess your spirit. But with what I taught you yesterday is that, listen, they can harass your body. Why? Because the body has not been redeemed yet. So what it is is that you can be a believer, but the moment you accept sickness and disease as yours, he takes advantage. Watch it. Now, when we say that he is in the body, it's not that where the sickness is, the demon is there. No, he is influencing that part of the body. So it is not that he is there, no, but he's influencing that part of the body. That's why you see that whenever Jesus was healing, he cast out demons. What he's doing is casting out the influence of the spirit. Let's continue. Second Corinthians 5, 17. So we saw that we have been reconciliated uh, with God, right? So we have that reconciliation with him. Clear. Okay, Ephesians 1.7, Colossians 1.14, Hebrews 8.12, Romans 4.25. Okay? When you say right standing with God, reconciliation. Peace with God, reconciliation. Justification, reconciliation. Is that very clear? Yes, all of them, reconciliation. Reconciliation. Okay? So, 
you don't lob healing and salvation in the same place. Salvation gave you reconciliation with God. Your sins are eternally forgiven. God accepts you, your spirit, soul, and body just the way you are. Praise God. Do you understand the point? You have become his property, spirit, soul, and body. Do you get the point? You are healed. But don't cheapen it and say he died just to give you healing. It's like making the universal set a subset. Ah! Look at Ephesians 2, 13 to 17. But now in Jesus Christ, you who were once far away, far away, far away, though by in the blood of Christ, you have been brought near. For he is himself our peace, our bond of unity and harmony. He has made us both Jew and Gentile, one body, and has broken down, destroyed, abolished the hostile dividing war between us by abolishing in his own crucified flesh the enmity caused by the law with its decrees and ordinances which he annulled that he from the two might create in himself one new man, one new quality of humanity out of the two, so making peace. And he designed to reconcile to God both Jew and Gentile united in a single body by means of his cross, thereby killing the mutual enmity and bringing the few to an end. So when you tell me the Jew is superior, I don't know what you mean. When you tell me that somebody is in Christ, we all became equal. God, in his pleasure, wants to see one man, the model of the Christ. So, what is this safety? This safety, this shalom, this soteria, gives us perfect union with God. Praise God. Go ahead. Righteousness without a fault. Romans 5.17. He says, it's a gift. So, your righteousness is what? Righteousness is what? Listen to me. This is what you stand on. And never allow the devil to tell you, oh, you are sick. Why are you sick? You sin. Hey, it's a lie. If you, if you think so, then your righteousness was bought by you. It's a lie. Romans 5, 19. It tells you as a result of the function of Christ's sacrifice, you have been forgiven. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Ephesians 4, 24. Romans 10, 4. 8 to 9. 8 to 10, sorry. 1 Peter 2, 24 to 25. Hebrews 12, 13. Okay, are we all there? So you see, we are clear what the scripture speaks to when it comes to salvation and how we are saved. Praise God. So allow the scripture to speak for itself. And don't use salvation for any other thing. Is that clear? Now let's come to the body. So we will look how the scripture tells us to treat our bodies. I said the fact that the body is mortal doesn't mean it is helpless, right? Okay, let's go ahead. 1 Corinthians 9.27. But like a boxer, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardships, and subdue it for fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. So Paul says, I subdue the body. So the body has not been redeemed, but I have power to control it. <laughs> I instruct it what to do and what not to do. So when I see sickness, I can tell it, hey, 
you have no habitation in this place. And I subdue sickness in the body. Are you getting the point? Romans 6, 12. Let not sin therefore rule as king in your mortal body. You see, one again, he said, don't allow. So it means you have control. So truly, 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 as a believer, listen to me. When you sin, you know you sin. Don't say it's the devil. Stop that. Take responsibility. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Can we go ahead? <laughs> hey, meditate on it now. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's go ahead. All right. So, Psalm 110. The Lord God says to my Lord, the Messiah, sit at my right hand until I make your adversaries your footstool. The same word was used. Subdue in Philippians 3.21. Till I make your enemies your footstool. The footstool is the word to subdue. Is the word to do, have dominion over. You understand it? Yes. Who will transform and fashion anew the body of our humiliation to conform to and to be, to be like the body of his glory and majesty by exerting that power which enables him to even subject everything to himself. He's quoting Psalm 110 verse 1. Subject everything to what? Himself. Oh, praise God. 1 Corinthians 15, 25. For Christ must be king and reign until he has put all his enemies what? Under his feet. So, the physical composition of the body has not changed. But the believer allows the authority of Christ to rule and to be evident in their physical body. Praise God. Oh, is that very clear now? Okay? So, if you look at Luke 24, 25 to 26, it brings us into context right here. You remember what Jesus said? And Jesus said to them, Oh, foolish ones, sluggish in mind, dull of perception, and slow of heart to believe, adhere to, and trust in, and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary and essentially fitting that the Christ, the Messiah, should suffer all these things? Watch, before entering into his glory, his majesty and splendor. This is the interpretation of sitting at his right hand when he enters into what? His glory. That's it. So you see, Christ is sitting. He has entered into his glory. The physical body is yet to be redeemed. But the body weak, frail, subject to death is not out of control. He is still raised in the body by the spirit as the believer allows him. Praise God. Are you here with me? Look at Mark, Matthew 8, 15. Everybody read it with me. Go. He touched who? Who is that? Peter's mother-in-law. He touched her hand and what? And the fever left her and she got up and began waiting on him. He touched her. Where did he touch? He made contact with the physical body and transmitted power into it. And the body responded. Look for 35 to 39 and 39. Watch this. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, muzzled, guard. Come out of him. And when the demon had thrown the man down in the midst, watch. 
He came out of him without injuring him in any possible way. When you, <laughs> when you are truly by the power of Christ, casting out, watch this, casting out sickness or casting out a demon, there's no way they'll be injured. There is no way. But when you use Takashi, you, you think some of these things were written just for this thing? No. Did you see it clearly there? Without injuring him in any possible way. And standing over her, watch, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she got up and began waiting on them. Did you see how he rebuked the demon is the same way he rebuked the fever? Because mostly sicknesses have spirits behind. I Listen to me. I said mostly. I will show you the statistics. Three to five out of Jesus' miracles, he cast out evil spirits. And they were not just evil spirits, they were sicknesses. So whilst he cast out the spirit, the sickness left because they are associated. I can tell you, most people who are suffering from this blindness, deafness, and most of them are spirit-induced. You cast out the spirit, Deafness will go. Yeah, yeah. If you, I'm telling you, they will, they will leave because they are behind it. They are behind it. That's why Jesus said, the spirit of infirmity, get out. Look at Mark 5, 25 to 30. You know this woman too well. When you mention her name, then we say, the woman, everybody will say, with the issue of blood. There was a woman who had, who had had a flow of blood, watch, for 12 years. And had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians. And had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. She had heard the reports concerning Jesus. That was all she had. She didn't come to a teaching like this to gain understanding. No. She didn't come to receive Jesus as a savior and Lord. Not, you see, not some of these things. That's why you don't mix it up with salvation. Yeah. But I'll show you the believer's place so you can get it right. But don't mix it up with salvation. Are you here with me? Yes. When she was coming, she didn't come that I want to be saved though. That she knows that there's eternal life. No. The report tells us she had heard. Is that not it? Reports concerning Jesus. And she came up behind him and throng and touched his garments. Next. For she kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. So she came for healing. And God didn't say, hey, you, you want healing. You, you think I just give healing. When I have my son and you are rejecting my son and you don't even know about my son. You want me, my healing. Never. Please. That's why most Christians miss out. Because, listen, most Christians who doubt healing is because they have been taught wrongly. They are the ones who are told there's a sin. God is angry with you. This and that. And they are told so many things why they will never be healed. As a matter of fact, some they've been told that, oh, you know what? Uh, uh, God he likes the one he heals. He chooses the one he heals. Forget. So when he feels like healing, brother Solo, when he feels like healing, auntie, so forget. So what it means is like, you are waiting. If God wills, if God wills, 
at a point, then you say, tired, I am tired, tired. It is your lack of knowledge. Hey, do you know that? Wait, let me bring this to that. Do you know that even unbelievers who do not believe in healing is because it was believers who told them that? Otherwise, most unbelievers, hey, do you know that there are people, most of you, when you go for evangelism, there are people who tell you that they kneel down. Me, I don't, I won't come to church. I kneel down and I pray and God listened to me. So listen, I, I, I keep telling you. So you see, when you think that this is your exclusive thing, it is not. It's not. I will tell you the advantage you have. Don't worry. But it is not exclusive to you. It is God's mercy and God's compassion that he shows on all human beings. So the disciples were there. All the guys were there. They didn't feel any power. But the woman's desire for healing made her drag the power out into her body. You know, I heard some people trying to explain what is in the, the hem of Jesus' garment. So, oh, yes, that's another theology. So, uh, the, the priestly garment. So, what is there? So, so the woman went to study. <laughs> eh? So, I'm sure the, the woman went to study what was at the hem of Jesus' garment before she came to touch it. So, what, if, what they are trying to say is, if the woman had touched any other place, you see how you make doctrine out of everything. <laughs> and Jesus recognizing himself that power proceeding from him, from the hem. <laughs> is that what he said? The power was proceeding from who? From him. Had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? He didn't say, who touched my hem? <laughs> so in us of the apostles, were they touching Peter's uh, hem? Oh! Even people themselves put their own stuff down and his shadow. Power entered into their own wrappers. In you, the believer, power is available. I can guarantee you so much power. Look at Luke 6, 19. And all the multitude were seeking to touch him. For healing power was, was all the while, all the while, going forth from him and curing them, saving them from severe illnesses or calamities. All the while, power was flowing. When a tap is flowing, it's the one who needs water that goes to fetch it. Do you know that the same word used for dunamis, power, is the same word used for miracle in the Greek. So Jesus demonstrated this glaringly that the body is not changed. It is still vulnerable to sickness and disease, but does not have to be sick and diseased. Write it down. Jesus demonstrated this glaringly that the body is not changed. It is still vulnerable to sickness and disease, but does not have to be sick and diseased. If there's sickness on a man's body, it doesn't mean they have sinned. It doesn't mean they are not living right. It doesn't mean they are not in faith. It doesn't mean so. And that's why he gave his disciples authority to heal. So although our body have been purchased, yet not redeemed, 
He didn't leave us helpless. He has given us the authority, listen, to make sure that the function of the body is restored in its frailty and weakness. Are you here with me? That anytime sickness tries to harm the body, there's power available to restore it. Do you see that? And I'm going to open up that fully tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to go into the power the believer has. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The power we have. And you see it. The power we have. Are you ready to pray? Anything that is causing your body to malfunction, displace it. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, Lead Pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. <laughs>